0: Entrepreneur's Board of Investors is challenging America to pitch the next big idea during a 60-second pitch.
1: Welcome to the boardroom. I'm Kim Perrell, a serial entrepreneur, top angel investor, and best-selling author.
2: I'm Mark Randolph, co-founder of Netflix and six other companies. I'm a mentor, an investor, and host of the That
3: Will Never Work podcast. I'm Sean Neff, an entrepreneur, investor, and advisor. My name is Peter Goldberg. I'm the founder of PLG Ventures,
4: an early-stage venture capital firm and the host of the show.
0: It's Entrepreneur Elevator Pitch, presented by Amazon Business, with support from State Farm and T-Mobile for Business.
4: Looks like we have a lot of great companies today. Let's hear the first pitch. I came up with Dip It because I was
5: with my son, we were, Um, you know, he wanted McDonald's, fast food restaurant and there was no place to put the, the ketchup or barbecue sauce. I'm a very entrepreneurial guy. I stay up at night thinking of new things to invent and create. I have a ton of confidence pitching my product because I know it works. I've presented it to a ton of different people, companies, and I haven't found anybody yet that doesn't like it.
1: Your 60 seconds begins now.
5: Going up. Hi, my name is Scott Lindquist. I'm from Long Island, New York, and my product is a dip it. I have three kids, and as they were growing up, as you can imagine, we were in and out of fast food restaurants. I created my product because I got f- so frustrated that every time we would get fries and or nuggets, the barbecue or ketchup sauce would get everywhere. It became very frustrating. So I figured out there's gotta be a better way. So what I did was I went home I did some research. I determined there was nothing else out there. So I made my own, and I called it the dip it. I basically redesigned the fry carton to be a multi-purpose item. So now the food and the condiment is all in one. It makes it really easy to dip and eat with one hand. It's great for people on the go because it fits in a car holder. And it's also great for sporting events or people running through airports. McDonald's alone sells over 1 billion of these every year. That's just McDonald's. But it's not limited to just fries. You could do tenders, pretzels, Five, nuggets. Whole, Investors, I just three, need access to the right
4: two, people. I'm mean, asking so for 300k for 20% of my business. Time's up. You know, when Scott first started, I thought this was like a gimmick. Then I thought about all the times I went to grab French fries and I'm putting the ketchup on top of the fries and it's like on the back of my fingers and I'm like trying to strategically get the fry and not get too much ketchup. He might be onto something. What do you guys think? It's a problem. (laughs) It's a real problem. problem. It's a real problem he's solving.
2: You know, it's a really interesting problem for a customer, but is it really solving a problem for the real customer who's probably the fast food restaurant? It is a problem. I think he potentially has a solution. Well,
4: we definitely need to figure out how big of a problem this really is for $300,000. So let's vote and we'll figure out if we want to hear more. You all want to hear more, so let's open the doors. Yes, Awesome.
1: Welcome to the boardroom.
4: Hey, Scott. Hey.
5: How
4: are you? Nice to meet everybody. All
2: investors voted to hear more. So Mark, take it away. So Scott, great pitch. And so many businesses start from someone finding a problem and saying, I'm gonna solve the problem. You've got a good problem you're solving. But I'm wondering whose problem you're really solving. I mean, I don't know about you, when I go and buy my fries, I don't pay extra because I choose a special holder. Right. So your customer is probably McDonald's or Burger King. How do they decide which container they wanna use? What are their criteria for making these kind of purchases? So one, I think it's gotta be convenience for the
5: customer. The good part is they pay a certain amount for this, they're not gonna pay more for this, right? So I think if they pay the same for this and they give their customer convenience, I think it's a benefit to everybody. The addressable market is endless. It could be the fast food restaurants, it could be sporting events, it could be schools, colleges. So what do McDonald's store managers think of your uh, product? So I've presented it to quite a few people. I haven't met anybody that doesn't like it. The problem is getting to the right people to make those decisions to actually buy it.
1: Do you have a
3: patent on it?
5: I do, I actually have a patent on the two, so this is a one piece. I also have the patent on the two piece as well.
3: Does that thing stack up easy? What kind of space does it take?
5: Yeah, so there are a couple of things in development that I needed to make sure of, right? I needed to make sure that it was stackable. I also needed to make sure that they could pack it in cases, but once it's in the store, they stack it like this, so it's easy for the people to pop in and out. Great. I also needed to make sure that it fit in cup holders of a car, because that's a big, big benefit. I did go see a major venue, sporting venue, and the first thing they they told me when I I came in is I put it on the desk and the guy said, you have a patent on that thing? How did nobody ever think of this? I said, "Oh, I don't know, but it's a benefit for me. So did you get an order? No, because they didn't have anybody to make it. That's been the problem. Do you have someone now that'll make I it? I do have someone now. Uh, you know, COVID actually, you know, did interrupt things. Packed. But they can hit the
4: production. Yeah, they can do the production. Yeah. There's no doubt that everybody is crystal clear on the product and what it is solving for. The question now for the three of you is he's asking for $300,000 Does anybody want to entertain that offer or make one of your own?
2: Scott, it's appealing. My car has the stains on the carpet to show that. Uh, Most critical thing in my opinion for an entrepreneur is to collide their idea with the ultimate customer. And I think you've been colliding your idea with the wrong person. I think you have to have gotten this confidence from store managers, from district managers, from purchasing managers, and have had them say, I love this, I'll buy it, before you actually roll things out. And so, since you haven't yet gotten to that point, um, I have to pass. Okay, I appreciate it, though.
1: I love the idea too, and I think there's a big market opportunity, but it's very early and I'd like to see a little bit more traction until I invest, so I'm going to
3: pass. Okay, thank you though. Yeah, look, I love how simple it is, right? Like, you would think, right? If you got in the right room with the right person, naturally you would think they'd be into it. So, like, I'm not sure you need 300K today. You more than anything need a Rolodex to make a phone call to someone. So, I'll throw something out there. The offer is. I'll make a couple phone calls. I know a couple team owners, right? We'll see if they want it in their stadium. And then know a couple CMOs at some of the big, you know, fast food chains. Okay. So what happened if I can poke around a little bit, make some phone calls, send them some product, and if those end up hitting, give me 10% of your company. No cash. And if they don't, then you're not diluting any equity I didn't waste too much time, but at least we're giving it a swing.
4: You have an offer from Sean, and he is willing to dial for dollars. What do you want to do?
5: I want to take Sean. I want to take Sean up on his offer.
4: Well, there you go. There we go.
5: There we go. Time to bring out the cell phone. It's go time. Awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate
4: it. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Listen, there's no downside for you, right? You're going to spend a little bit of time. Exactly. And you're going to be the validator for him based upon yeah, a couple of phone
3: calls. I think I felt that was worth a couple phone calls. I know who I'm going to call, and if they can hit a PO, if he, he can you help him yeah.
1: skip the line, so I think it's a good deal.
4: That was an interesting deal. I know you were coming in for three hundred thousand dollars. But what was your thought process for somebody to get 10% of your company to make a couple phone calls?
5: Well, it's only 10% if something comes out of it, right? So I'm all about the opportunity. So I I just think partnering with the right people to get access to the right people is really what I need today. Because again, I have a manufacturer, I have someone who will make it. Uh, They don't have some of the connections that maybe Sean does. But I think between the manufacturer, Sean and myself, then I think we can make it
0: successful. Entrepreneur Elevator Pitch is presented by Amazon Business for every organization at every stage of growth. Now, let's hear the next pitch.
6: I came up with Barbell as I was a previous ex-dancer and noticed that whenever I would go to other bar classes, I would always feel that I needed to go for a run or a spin after and I just wanted something a little more higher intensity. The investors will love to do Barbell it will change the investors' bodies. They'll get totally buff. At 41, I have a better butt than I did at 25. I'm going to do great in the elevator. I've practiced my pitch so much, I can say it in my sleep. Your 60 seconds begins now. Going up. Hello investors, my name is Christy Stewart and I'm the co-founder of Barbell, the largest female-founded and independently-owned fitness brand in Canada. The Barbell community became wildly successful, in part due to our devoted community, aptly named The Bells, who were extremely passionate and always challenged each other to be our strongest selves both in and outside of the studio. We quickly grew from one location to nine in just over 36 months and had well over 20,000 clients. Unfortunately for us, our story did not have a Hollywood ending and COVID forced us to close our doors. However, we adapted. We moved our business online, developed a new product and an app called The Bod. and we now have clients in over 20 countries around the world. So what's next? We are going to launch new locations and increase our online presence by expanding into new markets. Five, and in order to fuel four, that growth, three, we are asking for $500,000 for 10% of our company. Time's Thank you.
4: up. Well, no doubt she nailed that pitch. The question is, with Peloton and Equinox and the thousand other online-type environments for exercise and fitness, what does she have that distinguishes her from that? What was
2: your guys' take on it? I I liked it. I really liked the confidence of the pitch. I liked the fact that she pivoted. Uh, I feel uncertain about what direction she's really focusing on here. Is this going back into bricks and mortar? Is she sticking with uh, online?
1: That was concerning to me and she did the pivot like a true entrepreneur, but going back to brick and mortar, back to retail, why not just stick it out on digital? I'm not sure.
3: Yeah, look, her pitch was pretty much flawless, right? Great energy, delivered everything, here's my business model, here's the ask. Highly competitive environment. It's time to vote and we're gonna find out if we're gonna hear more.
4: Well, it looks like all three of you felt that was pitch perfect. Let's open the doors.
7: (laughs) Oh goodness.
0: Welcome
4: to the boardroom. Hello. Hi, Christy. Hello, thank you
6: guys.
4: So you had all three investors that thought your pitch was terrific. So from that, I'm gonna turn it over to Sean. I heard you're going to show off some
6: dance moves. I can. Do you want to, want me to show you? want me to teach you a little Let's bit? Let's, yes. Come on up. Oh,
3: jeez. <laughs> I know. That was unexpected.
6: Right? And <laughs> know we don't, we both have different kind of socks on, but, so, first of all, for a plie, so you start with, Uh-oh. start, yeah, I know. Well, but you're wearing good pants, so feet nice and wide. Okay. So externally rotate your femurs around your hip sockets.
3: Whoa, like this? Yes, however, ooh. Ow. Sorry, didn't
6: mean to insult you. Bring your toes a little bit forward. Yeah, that. knees okay. back. There you go. Nice. Pull. Imagine you've got a string. String. Slowly plie down. Whoa. And press up through your heels, knees back, and up. <sighs> and we do about 400 of those in 400. the class. 400? Lots of high rep, low weight exercises. High rep.
3: That's good. Yeah. High rep, low weight. That was fun. Okay, are you prepared to now give $500,000 right? for 10%? Maybe. Maybe.
2: Just like that. So how are you preparing yourself for this uncertain future? Do you bet on there being a full resumption of people being willing to go back indoors? Do you bet on there being the continued interest in online?
6: So you have the people that love working out at home now, the busy moms like myself who can get up and fit a workout in at, you know, 5.15 in the morning before they have to take their dogs out for a walk and their kids to school, but they still love that interaction. You know, the moment you could you could get out in public again, we were all rushing to see the people that we love. And there's something that online cannot compete with in person. So I firmly believe it will be a hybrid model.
1: So of the 20,000 members that you had, Mm -hmm. how many of those converted to the online or hybrid membership?
6: About only 15%. 15. Fifteen. Fifteen. And I guess I should say, so in 2019, we opened four studios. And most of our clients were from our previous studios. So um, even though we did have the nine studios, only technically five were fully operational. However, in January 2020, as a company, we were profitable.
2: Okay,
4: we had a lot of fun with Sean coming up and showing off his moves. (laughs) But there's also a serious component here. You're asking for $500,000 for 10% of the company. Anybody willing to entertain an offer from Christie?
1: I mean, I wanna say first congratulations because a true entrepreneur really embraces the pivot and you did, so I think it's very admirable and honestly a great just value of any great entrepreneur. So congratulations. Thank you. My concern on the business really is the uncertainty and going back into retail and just having that for me is too uncertain to make
6: an investment. No, that's fair, thank you.
2: I think I'm gonna add to what you're saying, Kim. The real sign, I believe, um, of an entrepreneur and thinking like a startup is not predicting the future, it's putting yourself in a position to react regardless of what the future brings you. And it just seems a little bit too risky to be reopening bricks and mortar locations. So I think I'm gonna have to pass. No,
3: that's fair, thank you. Yeah, for me, love your energy, your passion. You can tell you love what you do. But one of the big things in anything kind of I invest in, right, it's it's traditionally something where I feel like I can maybe add some value or help out or it's certain something that I have, you know, good knowledge around. And I just think kind of brick and mortar fitness. And then I think I agree with them both that it's kind of in this pivotal moment. I think you're doing what you should be doing, right? Mm-hmm. Like the hybrid model of like it's either if you pick one or the other right you're kind of giving yourself maybe a 50 percent chance to fail or maybe if you're dipping your toes a little bit Mm -hmm. you're extending the runway but i'm just not certain of the runway and the future so i wish you nothing but the best and i hope it works out for you but i'm out
6: no thank you
4: well christy unfortunately a deal was not meant to be made today
6: thank you guys very much i appreciate your time good luck take care thank you bye (laughs)
2: I don't know bricks and mortar. Yeah. Well, not only that, bricks and mortar for a
4: class where you're huffing and puffing and close, and then having fifty percent capacity, and it's yes. just high risk, as you guys said. And the reward could be lesson, great, right? Yeah. I
1: mean, you just she just experienced it. Why go back?
4: Oh, Christy, everybody <laughs> loved the pitch, and unfortunately, weren't able to make a deal today. Mm-hmm. How do you navigate this uncertain COVID time?
6: With resilience. Right, we, we had nine studios, we went down to one, we're going to go back up. The one thing that I learned is we definitely will not have the same number of studios that we previously had. Um, as I mentioned, we'll have more of an online business and I'm kind of kicking myself that I didn't speak more about the online business and focused on brick and mortar.
0: And now today's Main Street Hero of the Week, supported by State Farm. Photographer Pete Rezac teamed up with a local orthodontist to offer photographs for clients, and every 10 sessions helps fund a cleft surgery through the nonprofit Operation Smile. Through his efforts, Rezac and his community are helping fund hundreds of surgeries every year. Thank you for being our Main Street Hero of the Week, supported by State Farm. Learn more at statefarm.com/smallbusiness. Now let's hear the next pitch.
8: We started Glue Girls Like You was really based on kind of questions that Lila had
9: about growing up. Not a lot of daughters are this close with their moms, and work with my mom is amazing. She's like really patient, because obviously I don't have much work experience.
8: She makes it look easy, though, for being only 12 years old, almost 13. Not only is she, you know, a founder and part of the brand, she's also the face behind it and has the ability to kind of give us a good barometer of what's right and what's wrong for girls like her.
1: Your 60 seconds begins now. Going up.
9: Hi, I'm Lila, and we're Glue, short and this is my mom, Jan, and we're Glue, short for Girls Like You. As I'm, li- As I'm living it now, I know it takes courage to grow up, and Glue's here to help other twin teen girls on their journeys.
8: We're here asking for a 500 k convertible note so we can continue our expansion plans.
9: Gen Z is over $140 billion in spending power today in the United States alone. We expect a lot from brands and are willing to spend our money on those that match our values. And that's where Glue comes in.
8: We have created products that are focused on helping teen girls as they go through puberty. Our initial product, the Glue DIY Nail Kit, Lila will tell you more. Um,
9: it has it's won the Best of Beauty Award and Girls Like Magazine, appeared in Allure, and we've even bigger surprises underway.
8: And on top of that, we're actively seeking out new licensees and uh, wholesale partners so we can continue the brand's mission. We have lots on the way, and we can't wait to tell you more, so please open those doors. Time's up.
4: I'm always torn when you see a mother and a young daughter. Your heart sort of goes out to them, but that really wasn't that great of a pitch.
2: You know, I love that young people are taking on entrepreneurship And, but this is not a high school pitch competition. This is real business. We're making real investments here. And I'm not sure I heard enough of what I wanted to hear.
1: I, it happens to the best of us and they got nervous and they fumbled, but I think it's interesting, the concept. I think there's a market, but I wasn't actually even sure the product. Is it a do-it-yourself nail
3: kit? A little confusing, obviously like to see her It's a big moment for her, and she's young. Well, it's time to vote, and we'll figure
4: out if we're going to hear more or not. Okay, looks like it's only Sean. You have extended them a lifeline. Let's see if they come in and exceed expectations. Let's open the doors. (laughs)
7: Welcome to the boardroom. Hi. Hi.
4: Two of the investors voted not to bring you in, but Sean thought there was more to the story. So, Sean, take it away.
3: So how long have you been in business? Have you sold product? Kind of where are you in the journey?
8: We launched in November of 2020. We have sold to date, um, between wholesale and retail, about $30,000 in product. We are working with a third-party company who is helping us uh, with where this brand could go next. So the hope is to have a fully-realized lifestyle brand around glue girls like you.
2: How do you divide responsibility in the organization?
8: Lila is deeply involved in what the product looks like, what it's named, how the packaging comes together, and I'm largely the science of the business.
3: I'd love to know this idea, right? Because you probably were a big CMO of some big company or something, right? So. Did the idea truly come from you or was it your daughter? Is it really her passion and dream that she wants to, to get behind?
9: I think it was me. Like I had so many questions about growing up and like I don't I don't know where to look. I didn't have any trusted source. So me and my friends were like looking it up on Reddit and just random websites. That's why there's glue. One of the fun details about the nail kit too is you
8: actually can put your phone right here. And so online you can watch our tutorials and the videos and That's really cool. It gives us a place for more of a safe conversation. We bring in experts who are involved in this too, but the product was of Lila's invention and the nature of it being clean and um, being focused on sustainability and honesty and really focusing on the idea of what it takes to be a young woman. Today
1: was you. Yeah. Can you share a little bit more about the product? Uh huh. So there's a nail kit plus.
9: So our hero product is the nail kit, and it comes with like everything to do your nails. So there's like, here, I'll show you. There's like a nail file, a touch-up brush, nail clippers. We also have 10 free nail polish, and 10 free means it doesn't have any of the chem- chemicals that most nail polishes do. One of the big aspects of our business is that it's sustainable and clean, so we're not putting any harmful chem- chemicals into our bodies.
1: And is there questions in the box too that we're asking or answering, or how is the engagement of learning? So there's two pieces, the articles on our website, and then we have uh,
8: basically friends and family who help us create the TikToks and the other content that we have online. And it's everything from like, how do I wash my face? To mindfulness and meditations. The Glue DIY nail kit, it's, what was really great about it was its ability to bring mental illness awareness and the fact that teens are often very lonely without expressing how lonely they actually are, was this gave us a, a means to get into their into their lives, right? and something they can do together. And being able to put the uh, phone on the box was also a really cool thing too.
4: Okay, so you were asking for $500,000. Mm-hmm.
2: And do you have a cap on, the, on what you're thinking?
8: So the valuation cap, well, right now we're looking at a $2 million. Okay.
2: Yeah. Anybody
4: prepared to entertain their offer?
1: I mean, I love the vision of what you're trying to accomplish, and I definitely can relate. What I can't see is how the connection to the content that's being created. So if I open and there was questions and there was content I could consume, that then led me back to your site. So I think you guys have a great opportunity, but so early, I'm out.
2: I really love the white space you're going after. My concern is I don't understand that category at all enough to know how differentiated it is enough to know what's involved economically. It's just too far outside of my uh, my knowledge base, so I'm gonna also pass.
3: Yeah, look for me. You know, I think you got to tighten up your product roadmap. If you're gonna do nails and nail polish, like crush that and like focus on that until you've become a champion, and then think about other things. So I think there's a lot of things. I think valuation, whatever. But the thing for me is this reminds me of a similar moment. I met, I don't know, she was probably similar age, 13, 14. I had a meeting with her mom and dad, who's Millie Bobby Brown. So I met Millie, was with her mom and dad, and that ended up being pretty incredible, right? So I've got a company called Beach House. Look, I'd love to further the conversation. I guess no offer today but happy to continue the conversation. You can come meet with Beach House um, and see if there's something to do.
8: That's really exciting. We came in with the expectation of meeting some awesome people and get some great advice, and so we really appreciate y'all taking the time to meet with us, and Lila gets to walk away a little bit stronger than when we came in, and that's the best part.
4: So even though you weren't able to get money from the investors today, State Farm would like to give you something. On behalf of their support for small business, State Farm would love to give you $3,000 to help grow your business.
9: Thank you so
8: much. (laughs) (laughs) We're really excited. It was so great to meet you guys. Thank you. Thank
4: you so much for the opportunity.
6: Congratulations.
2: It's interesting to think what this pitch would have been like had the mother come in and said, here, I'm running, This is I'm CEO, this is my product person, and how we might have reacted to it then, because that ambiguity was troubling.
1: Yeah, and how they connect back to the content and the community, I still can't figure that one out. So I think once they nail that, then they can scale that, so.
4: Well, I guess we'll all have to stay tuned. So I know you were coming today for 500,000, but you got Sean and the potential to work together. What's your reaction to that?
9: I'm really excited for the opportunity and um, I I think he's gonna be a great asset to the business if it does work out.
8: Yeah, I totally agree. What a great opportunity. Sean is legendary in the beauty space. It's um, so cool to get a chance to even get to know him better. So it's, couldn't think of a better outcome.
0: Entrepreneur Elevator Pitch is presented by Amazon Business for every organization at every stage of growth. Now, let's hear the next pitch.
7: Pathmatch is a career matching and pre-skilling platform. We've built a marketplace to connect students to employers once we've matched them to careers and helped them land some skills. My co-founder just recently left Google. He's based up in San Francisco. I have a team in Toronto. I have people in Chicago. So we're all over the place. Your 60 seconds begins now. Going up. Hi, I'm Nancy Sony, CEO and co-founder of Pathmatch. I spent 20 years in the recruiting industry helping companies hire and noticed an alarming trend. Companies are struggling to find talent and eight million jobs go unfilled each year. While millions of college students are graduating saddled with student loan debt and struggling to land jobs. So what's going on? Well, the the career landscape has changed so rapidly over the last 10 years that the vast majority of students have no clue what companies are even looking for let alone how to prepare themselves. And career centers are so strapped and under-resourced that it's now 1,900 students to one career counselor. We're looking to change this at PathMatch. We launched a career matching and pre-skilling platform to thousands of students in September and have helped thousands of students connect to careers, skills, and employers. So, investors, who's looking? At? Four. We raised 400,000. Ah, two, I'm sorry, I totally screwed one. up. Time's up. You
4: hate to see when somebody just has a meltdown, even though it was at the very end, but she never got her ass out at all. We have no idea what she wants.
1: It's sad to see she was so close, right? She almost had it, but she missed the ass. I think there's a market opportunity, but we don't understand anything about the business.
2: Yeah, I gotta say, I'm really torn here and not necessarily because she missed the ask. I'm just worrying, trying to think that she really tell me enough about her business, about traction, about sales, about market to get me interested enough to want to continue.
3: Look, I think LinkedIn and some of these tools have always been like, it's a little impersonal. It's, it doesn't feel like the new age way of recruiting. So I don't know if she's gonna bring that or not but I think there's potentially a need for that, but I'm like, ugh. And I feel bad for her that she botched the end.
4: Well, we all know this is entrepreneur elevator pitch, and that's still an important component of the pitch. But we have to vote, and ultimately see if we want to open the doors. Well, Kim, it looks like you're the only one that wants to hear more. Let's open the doors.
3: Welcome
1: to the boardroom.
7: Hello, how are you?
4: So two of the investors voted not to bring you up. Okay. But Kim wants to hear that last six seconds that you didn't get to finish out. So what's the ask?
7: Uh, we're raising one point, well, we generated $400,000 in top-line revenue and we're raising $1.8 million pre-seed to further scale our team and disrupt how we develop and connect talent to employers in the future. What's the valuation? We're leaving it open right now. We kick off fundraising in two weeks, so we're leaving it open. We have an open safe right now at an $8 million post.
4: You kick off fundraising
7: right now. Well, I guess we've kicked, we've just kicked <laughs> off fundraising. <laughs> have
1: you raised anything on
7: the 1.8? No, we haven't, we haven't actually started. And what was the raise before? I raised 450000 in in uh, friends and family.
3: Maybe talk a little bit more about the product or how your product's different than competition, kind of what's what's the secret sauce?
7: So we actually connect uh, college students to 87 different careers in the digitally enabled workforce. And so we take 187 different variables that determine fit, whether it's location, their personality, how money motivated they are, and we actually match them to six careers. Then we work with a couple of content providers to pre-skill them. So for instance, if someone wants to go into tech sales, we would pre-skill them in Salesforce, lead gen, that kind of stuff, so that they are a minimally viable candidate for an internship. And then we have this marketplace where we connect them to startup companies that can always afford a $15 an hour intern. And so it's kind of the tipping point for a student to get experience, which then helps them land future internships and opportunities in the future.
2: So it's a two-sided marketplace, and I love two-sided marketplaces. Which side is paying? The employers. And which side is the harder side to recruit at this point?
7: The student side, we now have over 2,400 students on our platform. So far, it hasn't been that difficult because most of them are very, very motivated to land internships and jobs. The employer side, we're starting to build some partnerships. A little early to tell, but I think we feel pretty confident. I spent 20 years generating revenue in that space.
3: And it's already been, it's already up and running? Yep. And how many people have you connected? Like how We've many? We've
7: connected 487 students to internships so far. In how long? Oh, in the past year. It's over 12 months. Yes. Okay. And 1.8 million, what is it going to be used for? Engineering, product, sales, and marketing. So, um, we're looking to hire three engineers. Just brought on a chief revenue officer that's coming on full-time, post phase, and then bring on some marketing and operations talent. Is there a co-founder that's an engineer? Yes, he just left Google. um, So, Mm. yes.
4: (laughs) Okay, investors, Nancy is raising 1.8 million. Does anybody want to make an offer?
2: As I said, I I love uh, two-sided networks. I've done a lot of work on two-sided networks. And I like the twist that you've put in about training candidates prior to putting them in the marketplace. I don't see this gaining traction. Um, I think what draws people to the platform is getting jobs, but almost by definition you can't provide them all jobs. I think you'll be challenged getting the critical mass you need. So unfortunately I'm gonna I'm gonna pass. It's
3: good. Thank you. Yeah no I, I, I think it's a smart market. I think that that headline of making it available for Gen Z, I think, is a need. I'm not sure it's right in my wheelhouse, so I'm gonna piece this one out.
7: Sounds good, thank you.
1: I, I like what you're doing. I think there's a big opportunity. I also think that as I've hired more and more Gen Z, they definitely need some skills as well, so I like that component. Um, I'm willing to make an offer at 200 k at the $8 million. Post.
4: Okay, Nancy, you have an offer from Kim for $200,000 at an $8 million valuation post money. Important that she's stuck in post money. Is that something you want to take?
7: I would love a female on my cap table, so absolutely, Kim. I'd love to, I'd love yeah. to work with you. Great. Room. Can't wait. congratulations.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks, nice to meet you everyone. She's gonna prove you
2: wrong. You know, I genuinely hope you can make me deeply regret not getting involved.
1: I believe.
4: Yeah, I think it's great. And I think what you do is really smart because a lot of times we don't talk about pre and post money. Throwing in that post money is even beneficial to you more than most people realize.
7: I believe she's a good bet.
4: So when you had that little meltdown at the end of your pitch, what were you thinking? Were you in big trouble?
7: I was just so disappointed. I had been preparing and I just looked at the time and realized I had probably 15 seconds left in my pitch and I was just totally blowing it. So I just kind of internally melted down.
4: What are you going to do now to get the other $1.6 million?
7: I kick off fundraising officially in two weeks. I have 10 million, uh, 10 meetings already lined up with a number of um, pre-seed and seed investors.
0: On the next entrepreneur elevator pitch. I sold my
3: company for $250 million. My mom started absolute vodka.
1: Something just doesn't
3: add up to me.
0: Slice, Schwarzenegger, Emily Anderson, Morgan Fairchild, Cher.
3: So this
2: is the hardest one actually I've had a deal with. No, that's just the luck of the draw sometimes. I
7: think I have a different perspective than the other people pitching, because I've been here before.
2: We should be filing this
0: under W for what is she thinking?
1: You're not giving us confidence right now.
0: And to apply for season eight, go to entrepreneur.com slash elevator pitch.